Internet's only all business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. Good morning, and thanks for tuning in to Leaders Playbook, where you'll discover what emotional intelligence is all about and how to raise yours to be a top performer in business. Now, here's your host, Dr. Rell. Welcome to Leaders Playbook Tools for Top Performance. Today, we're going to look at uh, sales and service performance. So taking some of the EI competencies that we've been talking about in regards to leadership and what is this, how does this translate for the sales and uh, customer service? Some of the questions that we're going to look at today are how can emotional intelligence skills help you uh, to be a better salesperson? What are the best ways to understand and address the underlying needs of your customers? How can you communicate to be a trusted advisor to your customers? How do you deal with customer complaints, and how do you deal with that angry customer? The answer to those questions are the focus of this session. Hi, I'm Dr. Relly Nadler. I'm a licensed psychologist and executive coach, and I'll be your host today. And shortly, we're going to bring our guest, and our guest is Leah Kraft Christine. Leah is an award-winning international speaker. She's the author of nine books, including the best-selling 30 Days to Happiness. She has appeared on The Oprah Winfrey Show. Leah is a highly successful, had been a highly successful IBM account executive in computer sales before becoming an attorney in Atlanta, and she's also been a CNN broadcaster. She's got a wide, vast uh, talent. She has presented in over 400 cities on four continents. She is well known for her expertise in emotional intelligence in the workplace, leadership, motivational communication, stress management, communication skills, and sales achievement. And her website is www.lifecraft with a k k r a f t dot com. We'll bring her on shortly um, to talk about service and sales performance. But right now, I wanted to go through some of the key concepts around emotional intelligence that we've been tracking here. To be a star performer, that's somebody who's in the top ten percent. And from the research, we've seen that people who are in the top ten percent. Um, have emotional intelligence. Matter of fact, about anywhere from 66% to 90% of the factors that allow someone to get in the top 10% are the emotional intelligence competencies, the focus that we've been talking about week after week. Emotional intelligence is defined as an understanding and managing yourself and understanding and managing others. Emotions are contagious. We all know that. And leaders are the emotional thermostat of their team. And today we'll be talking about the uh, salesperson or customer service and what are the emotions that they're generating. How do they become the emotional thermostat? We know leaders in the top 10% produce twice as much revenue to the organization as managers in the 11th to the 89th percentile. So how do you get in that top 10%? Each and every one of these shows we've been talking about these micro-initiatives that can create macro-impacts. What are the few things that you can take and you can do differently to help you move into the top 10%? We've been talking about the brain and how uh, different aspects of the brain that we are wired to connect with people. And the amygdala, the primitive part of the brain, can get hijacked when you kind of lose it. It's called the amygdala hijack. The other aspect we've talked about is every leader that I've worked with has underestimated their influence over others. And if they've overestimated their influence over others, their team is underperformed, and so have they. So 
sometimes they just people just don't realize that they're under the spotlight 24/7. At the uh, site www.leadersplaybook.com, there are a series of free tools that are available to listeners. There's the EI Star Profile. There's a derailer detector. Each of these are self-assessments. There's some tools on empathy, on the emotional audit, on feedback. Um, are you doing your success in excess? So these are some tools that you can locate. So today we're going to talk about service orientation and sales performance. So what is that? What is the service orientation competency? These are competencies that have um, been established by Daniel Goleman in some of his work. And the service orientation is the ability to identify a client or customer's often unstated needs, desires, or preferences, and then being able to match the specifics of your products or your services to those needs. It takes an empathic understanding of where the customer or client is in that moment. It is seeking ways to increase the customer's satisfaction and loyalty and having an attitude of gladly assisting them. You know, at this time of year, um, are you dealing with people who are glad to assist you in all your uh, shopping and endeavors? Some of the emotional intelligence research about this service orientation uh, there was a study of an office supply and equipment vendor and where the most successful members of the sales team were able to combine understanding the customer's viewpoint and they also had an assertive approach to steer the customer in a way that satisfied both their need and the vendor's product products. So that was someone in the top 10%. And uh, the McKinsey um, consulting firm, they found that in customers and vendors, there's always this moment of truth where there was a complaint or there was a misunderstanding, and the critical skill needed was emotional intelligence to turn this moment of truth into a win for the customer and a win for the salesperson. So how the customer feels about the employee when they interact is how the customer feels about the company. Peter Drucker, the business maven, has said the purpose of a business is not to make a sale, but it is to make and keep a customer. So what are the skills that are going to allow someone to be in the top 10% for customer service and for sales? Um, the next part here is if you are a star or average in service orientation, we've really been able to delineate what are the specific skills. So. Someone who's average or meets expectation maintains clear communication. They monitor the satisfaction of their customer, and they take personal responsibility. That's kind of the person that meets expectations. But the star addresses the underlying needs of the customer, and then they act as a trusted advisor. And they don't only do this every once in a while. This is truly a habit for them. So with that, let me introduce and we give you the uh, bio of our guest again, and then we'll bring her on before our first break. Today we're going to be talking with Leah Kraft Christine. She's the CEO of her uh, organization, and she has a successful track of assisting organizations in improving productivity, employee well-being, and the bottom line. She's an award-winning international speaker, the author of nine books, including the best-selling 30 Days to Happiness, which brought her to the Oprah Winfrey Show. Uh, Ms. Kraft Christine is also a novelist, a former practicing attorney, and as well as a former CNN television broadcaster. She's presented in 400 cities over four continents. 
She's the founder and CEO of LifeCraft Institute International. Leah's focus combines the well-being with achievement and business productivity. She is well-known for her expertise in emotional intelligence in the workplace and leadership, stress management, communication skills, and sales achievement. So we're really glad to have Leah on the phone, and Leah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, and thank you for asking me. Oh, well, good. I'm really glad you were able to make this uh, for us. And just for our audience, why don't you give us a little bit of your your background um, and then also kind of zero in on some of the working with sales and service. But you have a very interesting, unique background. <laughs> I do have a unique background, and I, I think it's good to have experienced many different types of employment. That way you can relate very well. Uh-huh. Uh, one of the things we're talking about this morning is in sales and service. And I, as you mentioned, had worked with IBM and had a wonderful training through them that taught us how to deal with customers and how to sell computers, but it certainly raised my awareness of what it takes to be in a customer service orientated job that you have to be constantly aware of the feelings and emotions and responses of the person you're speaking with, which in turn actually makes you a better person. So you've told a lot about what I do, but one of the things I'd like to mention is that I do one-on-one consulting today, uh, business consulting and otherwise consulting with business owners and CEOs and anyone who's looking to increase what they're doing. I also deal with and and consult with sales reps who Mm -hmm. are wanting to go beyond where they've been before, and that requires the development of emotional intelligence skills along with the other mental, um, logical resources we have. So I love that. I love to see people grow and expand beyond what they thought they could do. So you really have been on both fronts. You've been actually there in front of uh, the people that you've been selling to and having to manage your own emotions and having to read kind of what's going on with them, and then then also taking that and and then teaching those skills to a series of people. Absolutely. And in my own business, um, managing and working with all of my employees and influencing them and motivating them and seeing the incredible response and shift and change. So as I as I teach and consult on, on leadership as well as sales and service and that sort of thing, I I just it's like working in a laboratory where you try something <laughs> and you see it work. Mm-hmm. You say, That's stunning, that's wonderful. <laughs> that's great. Well, I think for any of us in, in this business that's why we like it and it's true. It is truly a practice and you have the laboratory every day if you're in organizations trying out these skills and and i think that you know and just also for the listeners what works in one situation well, it may not work in every situation so us as the as the leader really need to have to individuate and, and, and read these situations but also be flexible on how you deliver them and, uh, and have a whole bag of tricks that you can yes. call upon <laughs> and you know i i kind of imagine from just our conversations that you your bag is full you have a a big bag of tricks. <laughs> uh, worked with a lot of different circumstances and situations, yes. And I think that, of course, as you are so well-versed in, that emotional intelligence skills either make the world go round or they stop it cold. Uh. And it doesn't matter truly if it's in business or if it's in your personal life. And, and, and it, I have heard so many people say about individuals who have reacted poorly in a business situation, um, I've heard them say something like, gee, I'd hate to be that person's significant other. Mm, right. and, and that's probably very true. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, it's true just because if they're in that situation, these people read it, they, they know how they're going to be at home. Exactly. So before we go to our first break, say a little bit just more in general, and then we're going to get very specific about some of the, the uh, skills that you're able to teach and help people about. 
But so why do you think emotional intelligence is, is so important for sales? Because a lot of what we have been talking about is really for leaders. But so in, in that sales customer service role, how do you see uh, emotional intelligence um, playing a role? Well, in sales, definitely sales is customer service, and, and customer service keeps the sale. So those two things are very much the same thing. It requires so much more empathy than mm. any other position. And empathy really means that ability to read the response of the person you are interacting with. And if you have multiple people you're interacting with, a husband and wife, for example, or a, a team that you're presenting to in a business situation, it's, it's multiplied uh, mm-hmm. tenfold at least because you are having to gauge and judge the reactions of each thing that has transpired, whether it's something that you've said or whether it's the response from each other, um, if the other persons that are involved might even elicit an objection or a response that then needs to be dealt with. A salesperson, a really excellent salesperson, is an extraordinary commodity for any business. Mm. That person who is aware that they are the representative of the business. They are the face and the that's and right. the voice of the business. And that's a lot of responsibility there, and then we want to help them uh, learn the skills to excel. So this is Leaders Playbook, Tools for Top Performance. Uh, we're talking um, today with Leah Kraft-Christine, and we'll be right back. Bottom line in business, Voice America Business. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Once upon a time, there lived three energy hogs. Now, an energy hog is what you have when humans waste energy. One day, the three energy hogs set out to find themselves a cottage. Let's look for leaky windows, said the first energy hog, for he knew that would waste energy. Let's look for leaky doors, said the second. Let's look for a swing set, said the third, for he had more blubber than brains. So they set off down the road. Presently, they came upon a tiny cottage where dwelled a clever girl named Dreadilocks. I hope it has leaky windows, cried the first energy hog. I hope it has leaky doors, cried the second. I hope it has a bathroom, cried the third, for only his brains were smaller than his bladder. But Dreadilocks liked playing cool games at energyhog.org, and from energyhog.org she learned how to use energy wisely. So the three energy hogs were forced to look elsewhere to waste energy, and had to use the disgusting restroom at the gas station down the road. And the moral of the story is, to use energy wisely, log on to energyhog.org, or waste not, hog not. This public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. 
homeowners, real estate investors, bankers. Listen up and tune in to Finance, Foreclosures, and Foresight, the show that breaks it all down and gives it to you straight. Are you at risk of foreclosure? Interested in buying a foreclosed property? Mark Bull has the answers to the questions you might forget to ask. Finance, Foreclosures, and Foresight broadcasts live on the Voice America Business Channel Monday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific. You can't afford not to tune in. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You're listening to Leaders Playbook, tools for top performance. If you have a question for Dr. Nadler, feel free to email him at rnadler at truenorthleadership.com. Now, back to Dr. Rell. Hi, this is Rell Nadler, and Leaders Playbook, tools for top performance. We're talking with... Uh, Leah Craft-Christine, uh, and we're talking about uh, service and sales performance. So uh, before the break, we were talking about the importance of uh, emotional intelligence and why people need it in sales. And now as we look at kind of the key things, and this is the, the, the focus, Leah, from the Goldman model of looking at emotional intelligence, that what do stars do? So what separates someone, you know, in that top 10% in sales and service? And one of the things is, is addressing the under lying needs of the customer, and you were kind of alluding to it when you have to read them, but maybe um, we can get more specific. So how do you know what's going on with the customer? What's the underlying needs, sometimes the unspoken needs? Well, every star is an excellent communicator. Every star, every sales star, every, every office star is able to ask the questions that lead to eliciting mm-hmm. a greater understanding. And underlying that is an absolute interest in that person or people they're speaking mm. to, that they want to understand. They want, they welcome and are open to a greater understanding. And so beneath that is an absolute need to have that person be respectful of whomever they are um, conducting business with mm-hmm. or interacting with. If they are simply trying to manipulate They are not listening. They're not being respectful. They're not developing a relationship that can engender loyalty for a long, long period of time Uh and certainly create um, a desire for that customer to come back again and again or to go to higher-level products. But what if they start with a feeling of, I want to do the absolute best job for this person and take my own self-interest out of the picture mm. temporarily, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it ultimately will result in the greatest sales or the greatest long-term sales for that, pers- for that sales rep. It, it requires absolutely, fundamentally, at the very beginning, that sense, though, of personal responsibility, which... When we talk about personal responsibility, as you and I have at one point, that is a star quality. Uh-huh. To say, I am going to monitor my own feelings, I am going to be so aware of myself, if I tend, I'm saying this from the salesperson's point right. of view, if the salesperson is finding himself or herself leaning to listening or being more focused on an a, a verbal accent, for example, or on an appearance of someone that they are finding themselves disapproving of, that they then immediately say, stop that, cut it out, get back to where I need to be. I like this person. Let me focus on what I can find to like about this hmm. person. And if I like this person, I will be much more likely to help them 
and that's where it needs to. That's where the okay. feeling needs to come from. Well, you said a lot of a lot of things there. I'm I'm just jotting down some notes. So I'm going to f- focus back on a couple of things that you said because we're looking at what's the underlying needs of the customer. And so, first was really around asking really good questions. And I think sometimes in sales and service, we quickly go to our either our thoughts or our opinions, but really asking questions, but then showing general interest and respect yeah. in that person. Um, especially when you're saying, you know, they may, there's a purpose to the conversation, they want to sell them something. So, um, anything that you found that, that helps in that general interest in respect, and maybe it's just kind of slowing themselves down. I know for me, I, I may have to slow myself down to really, really listen and really try to understand where this person's at. Is, the, the skill is asking questions, finding out more about this person, about what they need this particular mm-hmm. item for, this particular service for, and really paying attention. And, of course, listening is a great commodity that usually um, the stars have in greater abundance right. than those that are non-stars. Yeah. Really tuning in, really hearing, listening beyond listening. Oh, you said you need this because you're... you're um, finishing your basement. Oh, why are you finishing your basement? Oh, your daughter and son-in-law are moving in. Gosh, do you, <laughs> mm-hmm. to, to react, to, to right. listen, to go a little bit deeper, and sometimes people can turn that into an even greater sale, but with the intention, truly I believe that when you have the intention of helping someone else to achieve what they need to get out of this interaction, you will ultimately be benefiting yourself, mm-hmm. if not today, over the long run. Well, so I think what's interesting is even hearing you speak now, I can hear your your passion and your kind of sincerity and what you're saying. Obviously, you, you, you do this as a profession, you believe in it. But I think that same thing that we're saying in regards to salespeople, you know, we talked a little bit at one show about the brain chemistry and this mirror neuron kind of picks up what's going on in the other person. It mirrors them, but it really picks up the emotion. And I think if someone is just, going through the motions and doesn't have interest or not respectful, people are going to pick that up. The person on the other side of the, of the sales interaction is going to pick that up. Well, just as you were saying, and it is so true, that leaders' emotions are contagious. All emotions are contagious. And a salesperson, particularly salespeople, salespeople are a different breed of cat. They're much more expressive, typically. They're much more out there. They're much more energetic than people in some other positions are. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I'm hiring someone to be in that position, it's a very different personality than I am if I'm hiring someone to be in a more detail-oriented accountant position. Yeah, yeah. And so that person who is in sales is more forthright, more more blasting out there with that emotional content. And what we all have to realize is your emotions don't lie. If you're not respecting and caring about this this customer you have, that person is going to step back from you. They're not going to trust you. And if you have at your heart that you're going to help this person, that ultimately you've seen it happen enough times that when you do help someone from looking at their needs instead of yours, that the results really do come back in a positive way for you, that individual begins to trust you because they can feel Uh your emotion. Whatever is unspoken really is spoken between all of us. We pick up on it. Right, right. Now, um, talking about kind of hiring folks, you know, I think typically a a salesperson is an extrovert. 
they're outgoing, they like to speak. Um, you know, from your experience, either yourself or from at IBM or people that you train, is it hard to get salespeople to be quiet and and to really listen? You know, first before they start giving their pitch. <laughs> yes, it is absolutely. <laughs> and so, most good salespeople are aware that that is quite possibly their Achilles heel, okay. and they work harder at that. And then they say, did I listen as much as I spoke? Did I listen more than I spoke? At least in the beginning, to elicit right. the information I need to have so that I can match up the right yes. the right product with what they need. So in one way, it's very similar to, I think, what we, what we do in coaching. You know, and really listening to a person, I think this other key that has been delineated, a lot of this research is, is from the Hay Group and, and Goldman and Richard Boyatzis, about being a trusted advisor to someone in the sales situation. And until you ask enough questions and then seeing some of the holes in either where they're going, what they want to buy, what they're having struggles with, it's hard then to target your pitch or, or your response back, ideally to fill one of those holes. Exactly, exactly. And whether you are selling a mortgage in a mortgage company or a bank or whether you are selling real estate or whether you're selling a computer, I think that many sales people forget that there's going to be a second and third and fourth time around uh-huh. and that they need to focus on how can I really help this person. Just recently I was in a situation where I was prepared, fully prepared to buy um, both a heating unit for a home and a an air conditioning compressor. Mm-hmm. And I was delighted and shocked and surprised when this salesperson, this young guy, probably around 25 years old, said, you know what, you don't really need an air compressor. It's working just fine. Wait till it goes out. Just focus on the furnace part right now. So that's that's a great example. So what did that do for you? What it immediately did for me was I said, you know what, Alan, I am going to recommend you to all of the people I do real estate investor consulting with. And I said, and every time I need a system, I'm going to come to you because I'm going to need about six or seven a year. Wow. So, I mean, so this idea... He didn't know that. He didn't know how much he could benefit from it. So by by not selling uh, this one unit at that moment... He just increased his referrals and his sales six times over. At least. Because he, at least to go back to what we're saying here, he was a trusted advisor to you, and it sounded like the trusted part came when he said, you don't need this, and that was the credibility, which obviously he'd want to sell it to you, but he said, you don't need it. Exactly. He was, the word is, honest. Uh (laughs) And sometimes you don't always know when someone's being honest, but there is a feeling that a lot of people pick up where they might then say, I, I, there's something about this guy I just don't like. And quite possibly underneath everything, it was dishonesty. Right. Whereas with someone else, they say, I just don't know what it is, but I really like her or uh-huh. I really like him. And it changes the quality of that relationship, and it will result in multiple sales yeah. or referrals, even if it's not you. That's great. And I think it's a very good example of what we're saying, this trusted advisor, those two words together, I don't think necessarily are kind of forefront in many, many salespeople or service uh, people's front of their mind. Am I being a trusted advisor? And it should be. It should be. Okay, this is uh, Leader's Playbook. We're 
We were talking with uh, Leah Kraft Christine, and we're going to be back in a moment uh, right after the break. Line in business. Voice America business. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Before every word, there is a thought. Before every action, there is a thought. If everything starts with a leader, what happens when leaders around the world start to think and do things differently? I'm thinking the world will change. Evolve the leader. Evolve the company. Change the world. Join Susan Kavanaugh for Summit Speak. All Leaders Rise. Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Adding fractions is nothing. For real? Look, these are denominators. You multiply this one so that it's the same as that, and you add them up. Man, that's easy. Charles Bennett dreamed of returning to the old neighborhood as a teacher. But without money for college, only half of his dream came true. He's back in the old neighborhood. Well, enough math. i got to deliver these sandwiches. Please support the United Negro College Fund. A mind is a terrible thing to waste. A message from the UNCF and the Ad Council. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You're listening to Leaders Playbook, tools for top performance. If you have a question for Dr. Nadler, feel free to email him at rnadler at truenorthleadership.com. Now, back to Dr. Rell. Hi, this is Leaders Playbook, and today we're focusing on service and sales performance, and we have the great fortune to talk with Leah Kraft-Christain, and we're talking about this idea of being this uh, trusted advisor. What are, some, what are the keys of someone being in the top 10%? Um, so, Leah, before we go to some of our next questions, are, are anything else about this trusted advisor? I, mean, I guess I'm really appreciating those two words and how they're kind of put together and, and for salespeople. Well, I, it, these long-term relationships, I think part of the key, of course, is having a good memory <laughs> okay. or at least having a good tracking system for every star sales professional to keep some notes for yourself mm. in, in, on your computer and in a file, something that can help you remember the, the background information for each person. Even in, in some simple programs, they will allow you to write notes mm-hmm. that will be much more detailed because you can't be expected to remember everything. Right. But, but truly, the person that comes back to you again is going to remember the emotional quality of that interaction more than anything. In fact, 
they're going to remember the emotional quality of that friendliness way beyond how that piece, how that piece of equipment or that program or whatever uh-huh. it is they have purchased uh, survives. They're going to remember that great interaction. Yes. Yeah. And so, you know, there's something that we haven't talked about, though, and, and this is maybe just a touch um, off from where we thought we were going to go, but, you know, I think that it would be a good idea to talk just a little bit about reacting, reacting, because if all a sales rep or a, a person in customer service had to do was have their own playbook and say, I just need to be friendly and ask great questions mm-hmm. and tune in and like this person and find things to like, that would all be lovely. But as you and I know, life happens, and, right. <laughs> and sometimes a customer or a client will, will have their own upsets and they will be upset that day, or they will be abrasive, or they will be confrontational, or mm-hmm. they will have some kind of a negative response in some way. And then, of course, the sales rep who is going to do really, really well and be that star performer is the person who can manage his or her own emotions mm. and his or her own responses to those abrasivenesses or those irritations. And that is that is the crux of, as you and I both know, emotional intelligence right. skills. How, how good are you at managing yourself in the face of people who aren't being really friendly? Right. And can you get yourself to stay very calm and continue to stay very friendly without even a touch of irritation and without responding in kind. Mm-hmm. And so, that is a huge skill. Well, especially when we're saying that emotions are contagious. So let's, we'll talk about this when either there's customer complaints or you have an angry customer because their emotions are contagious. And if they're irritated, they're upset, the most natural thing is for you to be irritated, upset in response. So, so that's where this managing yourself when someone else is not managing themselves Exactly. And so if that is how a salesperson or a customer service person meets up with this person for the very first time, then they are going to have to diffuse, defuse mm. that person as quickly as they can, as comfortably as they can. And again, the way they do that is by staying calm, mm-hmm. staying empathetic, staying very unjudgmental without saying, well, gee, you could have done this. Right. It could be that if someone has approached them after having been uh, had some negative experiences with other salespeople or other customer service reps. Right. And if you then encounter a person as a as a client, as a customer, if you encounter a person who is dealing with you who says, "Oh gosh, that must have been really tough to take," or "That must have been really frustrating for you," I can certainly understand. I would feel the same way. Mm-hmm. That first step of empathizing verbally with that person is so key to letting the new client or customer take a breath. Well, and I think it's that that connection, and I know when I'm on the other line, if it's on the phone or somebody, just having them respond back to me, and I think to say what you said as far as the empathy in 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 a different way is, can you give them their argument and their feelings? And kind of feedback the argument and the feelings, just like you said. I oh, I'm sorry that happened to you. I I would be very upset. You're frustrated with this. This really shouldn't happen. And it does kind of diffuse them because you've given them their argument, you've given them their feelings, 
And I think on some level they go, oh, all right, they understand. Otherwise, they keep on trying to make you understand until you tell them you do understand. Absolutely, and sometimes they're looking for a magic word, and they they really are. Sometimes I've I've heard some customers say, if he would have just once said, I'm so sorry you've had this experience. Isn't that interesting? And I I think even we take this to, uh, I heard lawyers talk about people who get sued, and their their clients said, if they just would have apologized, if I just would have felt that they were they were concerned or upset, you know, sorry for this. Yeah, and we're seeing the numbers on on doctors that have medical malpractice suits brought against them. The ones who are the most personable, yes. the ones who connect with their clients and their clients' families, are the ones who are least likely to be sued. So, yep, it goes right back to that relationship. Again and again, it's the emotional intelligence to be non-reactive in the sense that you're not cold, you are responding mm-hmm. to care within yourself mm-hmm. and not responding to their upset. So to just reiterate what you said, it's ways to diffuse them, especially when you have a, a customer complaint or an angry customer, is to, to be empathic, and we're talking about give them their argument and their feelings, but also this piece of being... Uh, non-judgmental, and you know maybe you can say a little bit about that because they may feel again this person is being a jerk, you know, and it, I I don't deserve this. Don't they know I'm working this? And you know, and, and because they may have gotten the they may have just gotten off a different call with somebody else that was on their case. So how do you how do you remain non-judgmental? That if you even if you hear the same thing over and over again, and someone says, "But I did this and this and this." that this, the customer service or salesperson does not say, well, you should have done this. Right, right. You every single time approach it as if it's brand new, and every single time you are as gentle and non-judgmental in the sense that you don't make them feel like an idiot. <laughs> you make them feel like an idiot, you will never have this sale. Right. You will never make them feel good about the company. Right. And your goal is not to look good. You are not mm. to care about how you look. You are concerned about making them feel better. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, um, the, that piece of uh, research that I said earlier on with the McKinsey study, that's that, what they're saying is that moments of truth. And I think it's, it's kind of the emotional intelligence in the moment. Maybe it's only a two- or three-minute interaction. But that's when you have to somehow put that all together to help put that person at ease. Absolutely. You put them at ease by allowing them to feel good about what they've done or at least to feel that they haven't been stupid. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And and then, yeah, then they're really going to be upset. Uh, yeah, it, it definitely can intensify that. And people are not born with emotional intelligence skills except the very, very rare few people who somehow come into the world being exceptionally mm-hmm. comprehending of how others might feel in the face of particular words and actions. Mm. And other than that, we all have to learn how. Yeah, yeah. And I, I've spent a great part of my adult life teaching people how to be aware of how to be a better human being. Uh-huh. Well, I, I think, I mean, there's two things going on there. I think one is we're so uh, more, in, if, we're, if we're in touch with our feelings, that's kind of where we're going. What's going on with me? And I'm feeling insulted. I'm feeling not heard. And so one is to be able to, like you said, from the self-management piece, be aware of that and manage that. But then I think it's a higher level skill. What could, you know, what could be going on for them? What is it that that they're upset with, and can I empathize with that? 
Yes, and then learning to communicate those words and those those thoughts into words that say something like, "How can I? How can I make this better for you? Yeah. What could I do that would make a a really good difference now, now that all this water has gone into mm. the bridge, or, or what would be the best possible yes. solution in your mind? Even to say to them, I don't know if I can make that happen, yep. but what would be your dream solution here? Uh, that's a great question. You know, I think it's those things that I've been calling these kind of linking statements that people with emotional intelligence make these, they're probably these two or three sentences uh, you know, we're really sorry this happened to you. That's not our intention. We want all our customers to be happy. Well, you know, what can we do for you? That you insert those those little linking uh, statements that let people know your intentions. They let them know how you feel. Mm-hmm. And to say, what can we do for you? And then go beyond that to say, well, if you're not sure what we could do for you, is it okay with you? Is it okay with you if I let you know what we have to offer? Uh-huh. And so I give them some options there. And it gives them room to say, yes, you go ahead and speak now. Because if a person is really upset, they want to keep talking. It's their way yes. of getting out that excess energy that has built up. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, and I think until they're understood, I mean, it is interesting. It's just kind of almost an energy dynamic going. Until they feel like you know what's going on, they're going to keep laying into you. Right, and exactly. I, and I think for the person on the customer service side, sales side, Really understanding the quicker I can say, oh, I got it, here's what's going on, how do we help, it does defuse them. Mm-hmm. And there's one other piece that I think is really important for both sales and customer service, and that is to that you must hold in your mind the potential and the strong possibility of this all getting ironed out and actually ending the call or the, uh, the face-to-face situation with a very happy person. Mm-hmm. That if you hold it in your mind, you will then hold it in your expectation mm-hmm. that I've, you can say to yourself, I've seen other people come in this upset or I've had other calls where they've been upset. And I've also seen the ways that we can get to the point where they're calmed down, and at least they're calmed down, if not actually happy or delighted mm. or laughing again. So you're saying holding that expectation. Exactly. That's great. And, and I think, uh, as you were saying, I was thinking, you know, how do you hold that as a challenge? Here's my challenge. And, and, and you really, that would focus people's attention to help them be calm and be really happy with what we're doing. Exactly. Okay, well, thank you. We're going to go to our next break. Um, this is Leader's Playbook Tools for Top Performance, and we're talking with Leah Kraft, Christine, and we'll be right back. The bottom line in business, Voice America Business. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and 
brand influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Do you need directions to solve financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Dad, let's sing that bedtime song. Rock-a-bye, baby, by Newton's treetop. His first law of motion, make sure you won't stop. The same rules of physics apply to a ball. While gravity is a force that makes things fall. By the sixth grade, many girls lose interest in math and science, but it's never too early to set your daughter's future in motion. For some simple ideas, go to girlsgotech.org. A public service announcement brought to you by Girl Scouts of USA and Ad Council. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You're listening to Leaders Playbook, tools for top performance. If you have a question for Dr. Nadler, feel free to email him at rnadler at truenorthleadership.com. Now, back to Dr. Rell. Welcome back. We're talking with Leah Kraft Kassane around service and sales performance, how to be in the top 10%. We've been talking about uh, dealing with customer complaints and an angry customer. And maybe we'll, we'll focus now on, so what is, how did someone manage themselves? We were talking about how important that is when they're feeling like they're at the end of their rope. You know, are there some strategies or tips that you found successful? Well, you know, as we were just mentioning, first of all, having that expectation of knowing that whatever the bad situation is, it can be resolved. Mm-hmm. That that you can you can pull it out of what looks like a nosedive. And so when you have that in your mind of you saying, I know I've done this before, I can handle this, I can do this well, the internal self-talk, everybody's internal self-talk that never, never shuts up, it might as well help us instead of hurt us. And so anybody in customer service or sales has to be able to say to himself or herself, I'm really good at this. Mm. I do well at this. I, I can help people. I, I know that I can read people well. And I do a good job of it. They, people really like me. And that's something that everybody has to have an expectation of. When we talk about expectations, expectations are translated into emotions that we wear all around ourselves. Any person that walks in thinking that they are disliked will be disliked. But any person walking in saying, I'm, I am liked, even if this other, this client is being upset right now, I'm a person that people like. So somehow detaching from that momentary um, interaction Going back to, I've been successful. I, I know. 
I know what I'm doing because what's happening, you're getting the exact opposite message from the person in front of you sometimes. Yes, yes. And, and what you just said is absolutely right on the mark to detach yourself from the momentary situation and say, I know who I really am. This person doesn't know who I really am, but by the time this conversation is over, mm. they will know. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to help them. I'm going to help them feel better. And then in that, in that process, they will know who I am. Mm. And so that self-management, gosh, if everybody in the world could learn about this, we wouldn't have road rage and yeah. we wouldn't have as many divorces and we would have children that learn how to manage themselves better because their parents are showing how that's done. Because for you to stop yourself in the moment, for any individual to stop yourself in the moment and say, whoa, I don't like how I feel right now. I want to feel better. Mm-hmm. In fact, that my ultimate job is to feel as good as I can feel, even if it's just one little notch better. Yeah. You know, uh, Leah, one of the people we had on talked about this, uh, the brain, and and I've been uh, playing with this that, you know, when you get hijacked, you know, whether it's the customer's hijacked, you know, by their emotions or you are, you lose IQ points, and I've been been trying to zero in on how many IQ points. And, and uh, that's great, I love it. Yeah, I think we know, we know that, but we don't, but if we know we can quantify it. And we basically were able to say that you would lose about one standard deviation, which is about fifteen IQ points. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. So if you're thinking the person in front of you who is angry and upset, they're not operating with those fifteen IQ points. If and I have to be able to be adept as a sales or service person. I need all my IQ points, and so I can't afford to have 15 less IQ points working here. Oh, that's that's a brilliant way of putting it. That gives the the great impulse for everyone then to help calm themselves down. Yeah. And when I go out and I and I speak about stress management, one of the wonderful pieces of new information is that when you have continuous stress over a period of time, the cortisol that rushes through your bloodstream actually kills brain cells. Now, there's uh-huh. another reason why we yes. all want to calm down. <laughs> exactly. Well, I think that you're saying, and I'm also seeing kind of one of my missions is how do you bring this to more of the corporate organizational world because most people are walking around being stressed so they have less cortisol like you're saying and their work you know a good part of their day they're operating with less IQ points well, I, mean, I think that you have to bring a training to an organization, and I think that everyone needs to work at keeping it implemented after the fact and having ways of doing that where you touch base and you constantly reinforce that. And if you start from the premise of the more stressed we are, the more stupid we are, I think a lot of people will have <laughs> an impulse to say, let's do something about this. Well, I, and I think as we're talking about we're talking about the selling point of that, but it is true. I mean, I think you kind of say, you know, we're all walking around – in a, in a dumbed-down state. <laughs> yes, and I think that, you know, there are sometimes those key phrases that get people to pay attention. Yeah. One is vanity, the other is stupidity. Let's just... <laughs> right. Well, I think <laughs> I'm, I'm writing it down because I think that dumbed-down state, you know, could be the title of the next book. So, <laughs> or some version of that because yes. it is very, very true. And there are times when we get emotionally hijacked, when everybody yeah. does. And afterwards you say to yourself... I, I did what? I said what? Oh, I am so embarrassed. I hope I never see that person again. Yeah. And, and everybody has that time when you just get pushed over the edge. But if you can spend 
80% of your life seeking to respond in a way that befits you and actually is a is something that is a blessing for other people. If you can make that your objective, you're mm. doing beautifully. Mm-hmm. 80%. Yeah, yeah. That's so that great. you get 20% to take a vacation and be stupid. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> right. You don't have to be... You don't have to be perfect in this. Now, you were saying um, to organizations, you have a a training program that may help them uh, improve their emotional intelligence, and it sounds like it's using kind of multimedia. Why don't you just say a couple words about that? Well, I do, and of course I do speak about emotional intelligence and about um, stress management in organizations as well as teaching supervisors and managers and even sales teams on how to keep your emotional state in the place it needs to be. But I know that the people that are the greatest influencers, which means the the managers and supervisors really need to make sure their, their emotional intelligence is high. And I have a 12-part, 12-video, 12-workbook series called Communicate to Motivate, How to Empower, Coach, and Lead mm. Your Team. And this can be used even by individuals to understand what this is all about and retrain themselves in communication skills and strategies to reduce burnout and walking the talk with listening, empathy, and accuracy, all different kinds of skills, behaviors that we can use mm. to improve how we're delivering ourselves to the world. That's, that's really good to hear. I mean, it's like a very good resource, and maybe you can give your your website just so people can go yes, to Yes, you can find out more about that at www.lifecraft.com, L-I-F-E-K-R-A-F-T.com. Okay. Well, thank you for that. And also, um, let me mention that there's a free tool that goes with each one of these calls at www.leadersplaybook.com. And so the, the tool for this week will is going to be around service uh, orientation and kind of being able to really check in on, on what it, are the needs going on with your customer. Oh, that's so, excellent. So before we end, maybe just say a word about uh, you know building customer loyalty. Well, when you're building customer loyalty, that really means, it gets back to those two words we talked about, trusted advisor. And if someone feels that you have their best interest at heart, they're going to continue to come back again and again and again. And again, that is maintaining yourself with them the way you, that they know you as. You, it's one of the tests of time is that you as a customer service or sales rep have to stay in integrity with the personality you have shown before. Each time you do, it will build their trust of you. Well, that's very good, uh, words to the wise and for all of us to use. We've been talking about sales and service performance with Leah Chris, uh, Craft Christine, and she gave you her website. Uh, you want to say that again? It's lifecraft.com, L-I-F-E-K-R-A-F-T. Great. Thank well, thank you. Thank you very much, Leah. We appreciate having you on the call. Thank you so much, Dr. Nadler. This has been fun. And this is Leaders Playbook Tools for Top Performance, and we'll talk with you again next week. Thank you very much.
hope you've enjoyed this episode of Leaders Playbook with Dr. Relly Nadler. If you would like to learn more about Dr. Rel, or if you would like to email him directly, visit his website at www.truenorthleadership.com. And be sure to join us next Monday for another episode of Leaders Playbook. We'll see you then.